Awesome. So welcome so much, Melinda. I'm so excited that you are on the podcast and I am saying Melinda, right? Yes. Okay. Yep. You know, just like to make sure. (laughs) (laughs) No, I appreciate that. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, of course. So I have been following your business for like a while, I feel like. Ah, (laughs) Yeah, I just love what you do. I love how you combine your like all this education that you have with this intuitive witchy spiritual side and I think that's what really drew me to you at first I was like look at this badass combining these two things (laughs) um and I just immediately fell in love with like your Instagram (laughs) I appreciate that I appreciate that yeah I feel like I am someone where people come to me because so I have like a legal background. I've been a lawyer for almost, I think seven years now. It's weird to say that. (laughs) Um, but I do like a large portion of my audience are witches, mystics, intuitives that are in business, like quote unquote, very like left brain creative people. Um, and I feel like I am someone who I'm like, okay, and we're in the material world and we also want you to secure that bag. So like, these are the things that like you need to know so that you're protected and that you feel empowered in this area, which like can be really activating for people. I think like all the quote unquote, like right brain side of stuff can be really activating for people. Like, especially if you're really like creative. Yeah. Like, I think it's one of those things where like people just want to feel like I'm avoiding this thing. Can we make it safe? And I'm like, yeah, we can totally make it safe. And we can also make it like witchy as fuck. So like, yeah. I love that. What do you, how did you start, excuse me, combining the two? Um, It's interesting. It's definitely like my own, like I also do shadow work. And so it's definitely my own like shadow-ish like work journey where when I started my business, I started, I think I really actually started taking it seriously, like in late January of 2021. Um, I had been doing readings for people like tarot readings. And that's kind of like how I started out. But I have like, a entire skill set. I do still have, I call it my quote unquote, my muggle job, my nine <laughs> to five. Um, yes. Where as like a lawyer and I was in these spaces, uh, like coaching spaces and my coaches were like, you're like the only lawyer here. Like you do realize that like makes you unique. And to me, I was like, oh, but I actually feel like I'm not witchy enough. Like, I feel like I'm in these spaces where people are doing these like amazing, like alchemizing things and like really being transformative. Um, but there was a moment last in the summer of 2021 where I was like, I have this skill set. Am I just going to leave it all behind? Like that feels weird. Um, and it was very, it's interesting because people, I think like, this is a sign that you're in a good coaching space and you've found a good coach is that people can reflect back to you, like the thing, your potential that you just like, Mm -hmm. can't see. Um, and they were like, no, you could just be a lawyer for witches. And I was like, oh, that's really obvious. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> so like not something I had ever thought was possible. And so I just started, like, I, I like reintroduced myself as like, I haven't ever talked about this. Like people know this about me, but I'm not using it. And in my mind, I was like, well, witches have also been like persecuted historically. Mm-hmm. Right. And a lot of people that are in the space are also just like historically marginalized, like trans people, queer people, BIPOC community. Um, And I've always felt like witches are advocates for people. Like they're the ones that are there to like heal and to hold space for people that are like outcast and a lawyer in its like highest expression, right? Obviously we live in like an unjust system, but like a lawyer in its highest expression is an advocate for people. I was like, okay, well, I'll just be, 
I'll just do both. Like I'll just mm-hmm. it, it exist in that space. And I think it's interesting. Cause I like, when I came like fully into that identity and fully like integrated who I was, I felt like I had finally found the space where I can like speak from and also like be in service for people. Yeah. So it was like, a, it's interesting. Cause I think it's such a reflection and an integration of the fact that your most powerful version of yourself, your highest expression is the expression where you integrate the parts where you're like, I don't even know where that fits or like, you're like, right. At the lowest space, you're saying, Oh, I, I don't even want people to know that about me. Or like, I'm like afraid of that. Or I want to avoid that. Um, and it really is like, Oh no, like your actual powerful piece is like all of you, every part of you, even the parts that you don't like. Um, so yeah, that was kind of, and it's, it's like slowly evolved and it's interesting because I feel like it evolved in my community faster than it evolved in me internally. Like I had people calling me the legal, which I had people referring to me as like the queen of swords. And I was like, Oh, that is true. <laughs> like, yes. like, like being like, and it was like cool. And also really helpful for me to like integrate internally that, Oh, like I am meant to occupy this space. Like I'm not, cause I think as business owners, especially as business owners, I feel like you can always go through this like inferiority complex of like, who do I think I am? Like, mm-hmm. should I really even be in this space. Um, and so that was really helpful to like, have it reflect back to me and just helpful to, for people to like, to fully receive moments where people are like, I have waited for something like this. Like I have waited for someone like you who I'm not, my nervous system is not activated because I also know you practice witchcraft. (laughs) Oh, that's beautiful. And you do like so much work. I feel like in your space too, of, Um, I mean, obviously you're a member of the BIPOC community and you really, that's something you're drawn towards speaking up for the BIPOC community, for the trans community. Like you do a lot of activism and you aren't afraid to ruffle those feathers in so many ways. And I think that's really powerful. Yeah. Thank you for that. It is something where I, I feel not responsibility and like the gross definition, like I got to pay my taxes responsibility, right. <laughs> not that, not that. Um, but I do feel like a responsibility to speak up for things that I really believe in. And I know that it is activating for some people, but like change doesn't come when you're comfortable. Yeah. So like really being in a space where I don't mind like calling things out, especially now. I mean, right. Like I feel like we're in a space collectively where we're understanding that change needs to happen. And so I think a lot of times that when I speak up, like it is also to, to like heal, like little, the little version of me who couldn't Mm -hmm. do that. But I also have found that it's really healing for other people. And they're like, Oh, like I can, and I feel that way for, for people that I follow and that I'm in community with, like, if they speak out, I'm like, I feel more empowered in my voice. And I think that's like real revolution, right? Real revolution is like when we can all come together and empower each other and like work through our own fears and our own stickiness together to like actually cultivate change. Uh, I love how you're putting that because as an ally in those spaces and BIPOC and the LGBTQIA space, all of that, um, you know, there was a time where people really knew my beliefs, but I felt like I had to keep quiet <clears throat> on a lot of stuff. And I feel like a lot of white allies felt that over the past few years, um, that what happens when we are silent, um, you know, we have some big ramifications and I feel like it's the same way, um, when we're not sticking up for the things that we also feel are wrong and being vocal about it. Mm-hmm. And it, it can be a lot 
it can be scary, right? Um, but I think oh, yeah. being in those communities where you see other people doing it and you see a lot of examples of how you can speak up and be calling things out is just really powerful. Um, and I think that's been some really great work done in the space uh, mm-hmm. to see that. Um, so everybody can feel a little more empowered. Uh, Absolutely. And I think, you know, like if anyone's listening to this and you were like are an ally and you are like a white cis hetero person, I think something to like integrate and think about is like, I, I, the, I will never be able to like fully reach a white audience because I don't have the, like, I don't have the full version of that empathy. Like I don't live that experience. Right. And so I, I can amplify the voices of my community and I can like amplify the voices of other, like, like, of like, I'm a person of color, but I'm not like a black woman. I can help like amplify that, but like real allyship is in bridging the gap. Right. And like speaking to the audience that you are a part of and like forcing change and to not be afraid of that. Like you, there's a lot of power in that. There's a lot of power in particularly like white women educating and helping like other white women unlearn. Like that is, I, I, and I mean, you're taking in a good way, you're taking the labor off of people of color for doing that. Um, and I mean, I think, I think that's really powerful. I totally understand the hesitancy because I think the hesitancy relies is like, oh, am I taking up too much space? Am I speaking for other people? But you can do both, right? Like I'm very much not a, I'm I have a Gemini moon in the eighth house. So like my <laughs> mind is like always everywhere, very yes. mercurial, but like, I'm, I'm like, it's on a binary. Like you can, you can like occupy that space in your own community and also still amplify the voices of like black and brown people at the same time. You can do all of it. Yeah. You don't have to be in like, one space. So don't restrict yourself. Like obviously like, you know, do a check-in and be like, am I taking away power and space from someone who is marginalized or, and like, if that's true, then of course, like understand, like, what are you trying to get out of this experience? But at the same time, like if you are in communities that are very similar to you, you do have a responsibility if those are your values and your beliefs to speak up. And that's really what you're, what you are doing is you are cultivating healing, right? You're cultivating a safe space for people to like come into vulnerable spaces and like understand that they can evolve and it's okay to fall down. It's okay to make mistakes, but you can move forward. So does that make sense? I feel like I'm rambling. No, 100%. Because I think that's a lot of the conversations I've had with other, you know, hetero cis white women is they're worried about taking up that space. And I'm like, look, look, our friends are tired. (laughs) Like, let's take some of that labor off. And if you're worried about that, ask, you know, but, you know, ask the the communities you're with, but it it can be so much as even echoing the things that were said, you know, being like, well, Melinda just said, you know, so-and-so just said, help amplify that. It can be as easy as in a meeting in a nine to five or sharing something on social media with the proper attributions, um, it can be not as scary as we think it is. Um, but we need more of that power. So I love how you put that. Yeah. Thank you. How is it balancing your nine to five still and having your business? I'm doing the same thing. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Oh my God. When I find people that are also like one foot in like yes. the quote unquote muggle world and then one foot in the witchy like entrepreneur world, I'm like, we need to like have our own coven of support. Yes, <laughs> when you said that, experience. when you said you were still doing both, I was like, oh, we had to talk about this because there are a lot of us. Right. But, right. And I think it is like a, 
it's such a weird space to occupy because I think like I feel like right now to kind of like answer your question I feel like I'm at the space where like I need to put on the calendar my last day because I think like as you move forward in the early stages of your business and so for everyone listening I've been in business for about a year now Mm -hmm. um and like definitely had very much like startup feels last year where I was like chaos <laughs> just yes. trying to like educate myself and figure out good foundations but I think as I am now coming into like the second year of my business I can feel that my muggle nine to five job is taking away from the time and energy that I could be putting in but I think like what I'm always really aware of and what I'm sure like your audience is really aware of that are that who are people who are also entrepreneurs that you want your nervous system to not be activated when you make the transition. So like I know, and I have a number where I'm like, okay, if I launch this next thing and it's like, you know, pulling in like $30,000, like if I don't leave my current full-time job, that's my own bullshit. Like that's my own shit about like, uh, lack mentality. I can't do it. Um, and so I think like, I always, I think the thing that grounds me is I never want to feel like I have to create and I have to sell in order to make it in order to feel like I have to make ends meet. Um, and so I don't necessarily like, I don't want to leave in this, like leave my nine to five in a full on nervous system activation, desperate to sell, desperate to be seen. Cause then I'm not going to sell right? Like then I'm not, I'm not going to get clients. Like I'm not, I'm not going to fully be energetically behind the things that I want to put out into the world. But I also know that there is going to be like a stretchy point where I have to just like the fool card in the tarot, right? Just like go, like just be like, okay. Like, I feel like I've built enough, enough, like enough security. And the next three months, the next six months may be a little bit like fluid, but I have to kind of trust that I have the skills to show up because at some point it's going to be impeding on me. And so I feel like one thing to kind of like to answer your question about balancing, I also want to do a lot of like unlearning and like decolonizing my own views around work. Like, because as an entrepreneur, right? Like the cool thing is, is we get to a lot of, I mean, I think a big part of the reason people open their own business is freedom. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't have, who says I have to work five days a week? Like, what if I don't want to work? <laughs> like, who says I got to work eight hours a day? Like, I don't give a fuck. Um, and so to kind of have a foundation of like, what is this going to look like when I leave? Because I also don't want to recreate the thing that I'm leaving. Right. And I think it's so easy when like, I've never had my own business. I've always been in a structure where it was like very linear and like very set for me by other people. And so being really aware and setting the habits of, okay, what well, I don't want to work like five days a week. I don't want to, mm-hmm. I don't want to have meetings before one or like whatever it is. And to feel really solid in that and mindful of that as I like make plans to move. But I'm also very aware of like my own shadowiness, right? I think like your money shadow comes out so hard when you're an entrepreneur, honestly, like being an entrepreneur is like such a personal work journey. (laughs) I feel like we all signed up to be like doing deep internal work instead of like, right. Which is interesting. Um, but yeah, I think that it is what I found really interesting is to really 
get intuitive about my business and be like, do I really want to create content today? Is the answer no. Okay. Then I'm not going to do it because forcing myself to do certain things is very much like a capitalistic kind of mentality, right? Like I need to do these. And anytime I have forced myself to do things, it just doesn't land, right? Like it doesn't energetically Mm -hmm. land with people. It feels really forced. People can totally pick up on that. And not to say that like, I'm just like out here, like without structures. I mean, I have a Capricorn stellium, so structures (laughs) like Saturn, right. But I think it is one of those things to early, I think the, the nice thing or the, the gifts in still having like a nine to five is it gives me like a marker of what do I not want to be doing? Like when Mm -hmm. I leave. Mm -hmm. do you feel and maybe this is me just projecting some of my own shadow like how do how do you feel like are you nervous about how people are going to take you leaving your job after all this work getting your JD and everything else or do you like I don't know I have a life yeah I think that's definitely something I I don't really have I don't have like activated feelings around people like at my current job or even like people I went to law school with. I do have like activated feelings around how my parents are going to take that. Like, I think you feel that way too. Yeah. Like I feel like my family and maybe you feel this too, where like my parents like saw how much work I put into it. And like, I mean, I even took like a bar exam for another state, which I didn't even need to do, but like, yeah, like I just invested a lot of time and money and energy and blood, sweat and tears at the same time. But I, (laughs) I think too, and I think it's also generational thing, right. Where like, like baby boomers have an idea of like what structure means and what work means, right. They have to define that. And I'm over here being like, I am going to do the exact opposite of that (laughs) and do something that I want on my own. So I haven't, I didn't realize until I think maybe within literally the past couple of weeks, like how much activation I have around that. But I try to come back to the idea of like, well, am I like, what am I going to do? Like stay in this job for the next 30 years, be miserable. Like, is that what I really want? And is that something my ancestors want for me? And like, I feel like, no, like, I feel like I get to be the one that's like, no, we're going to break through things. But I do. Yeah. I have it around my family, but not around like my friends. Do you have it around like other people in your life other than like your family? I think it's really just mainly my family. Right. Like, okay. Yeah. Uh, and it's, I think it's just so ingrained because like I'm the first in the family to have a doctorate and like, you know, it's oh, yeah. <laughs> right. So it's oh, like, yeah. I did all that work, but it's exactly what you're saying. Like, we've moved on from working in the coal mines, but it's capitalist. It's still, you know, like nobody wants you like so anxious on Sunday night because you know, you have to do work. Oh my God. Right. Yeah. And I think, I don't know if you found this too. I feel like because we both have like professional degrees, right. And that we like went to professional schools, there are all of these expectations of what your life will look like from now on. Right. And I don't know if you've had this experience, but like the people I know who have like taken that to the extreme or like dotted their I's, crossed their T's, right? Like did all the things, federal clerkships, like working for like big white shoe law firms, like not a lot of them are happy. Like, yeah, yeah, like not a lot of them are happy. Not a lot of them, a lot of them are overworked and like, like nervous system fried and, I 
am kind of like, okay, well, but I think, and the other thing I think I see is like, it's also not, not that it's too late, but it's like so ingrained that leaving would be, leaving would be more activating than if they left like two years after we graduated law school. Right. Like, and I think that there is, I don't, I don't want to say that we carry like a heavier burden, but I think because the expectations are so clear of what it is, like when you get multiple degrees that it is almost like a, a more difficult battle and in order and like in explaining to people like what you're doing, not that we owe people explanations, but, and maybe like you feel that like this, like it's so easy when someone asks me what I do to be like, Oh, I'm a lawyer. But if I then was like, Oh, I'm also an entrepreneur that like helps witchy people like in their business. Like it's so many, there's some sense of security in being able to be like, Oh, well, I have a doctorate. Yeah. Like, right. Yeah. yeah Which totally. I think there's activation around not being able to like, not saying that as like the first thing. Yeah. It, and it's weird. Right. Um, and I think it's just like you're talking about in a law firm and cause I'm in higher ed. So in higher ed, there's all of this, um, like for higher ed, it's publish or perish. Right. And for law, it's like, you're just on all the time because you're having to get these cases ready to okay. go, to submit, to rewrite, to whatever. And it's really <laughs> similar with the research and the writing and, um, and it's exhausting all the time. And it's, Something I've been thinking about a lot is, although I enjoy some of that research, it's not, and I do a lot of research around marginalized things like open educational resources. So getting, you know, material to people that actually need it, like thinking about this pandemic we're in and stuff right now, not a lot of people know who to get the information from, what to trust. I mean, do any of us anymore, but, um, like when I'm writing these papers and they're getting published in these journals, those aren't the people that need it. Right. Like those aren't the people that I want to serve at the end of the day is this really messed up higher education system that supports a lot of isms, racism, sexism. And, you know, you think it's just the institution you're at and you go to another and it's just so ingrained in the patriarchy and the capitalism Mm -hmm. that you're like, oh, it's everywhere. And now I hate everything. (laughs) Yeah, no, I feel that. I feel like it's such a, it's such a disruptor energy, right? When you exist in those structures where like, I mean, I, I went to like fancy law school. Like, I feel like I get that. Like I get the, like the linear, the elitism that exists in like higher education, like the literal blocks to access that like Mm -hmm. happen. Right. And like, that's how they stay alive. (laughs) And then so they like stay relevant is like to be exclusive. Um, and I feel like I had like a very similar experience where when I was working in a law firm, I was like, well, I'm just making rich people richer. Like that's all I'm doing. Like I'm protecting companies that are like publicly traded. Like, like they don't need, like they can pay out in these lawsuits. Like they don't need to keep boarding their money. Like, but I'm on, yeah. Like I'm protecting the man, <laughs> which to me, I was like, what am I doing? Like, what am I doing in terms of like my skill set? Like, I'm not actually, I'm not democratizing this in any way. And I think that is, that experience has, very much like led my journey as like oh like a witch in the the witch like a, a lawyer in the witch realm that to be like everyone else has access to these tools everyone else like who like people who like fucking like silicon valley right they understand intellectual property they understand trademarks and the importance of copyrights they get like service agreements like like people who are on like the fortune 500 list they have access to these tools they're not like afraid of using them but like, there's nothing about those tools that means that they get to have exclusive rights to them. So like, yes, you as like a 
you know, if you're listening to this, you're like a starting out in your business, you're like a human design reader, your work is also valuable. You also get to be protected. Um, and I feel like that was the space where I was like, yeah, I don't want to, like, I don't want to make rich people richer. <laughs> like I want to like up level people who are doing work I believe in, um, and believe is actually like more important than, I don't know, like fucking like insurance companies or <laughs> I used to work for. <laughs> yeah. It's people need that information because I, I know it was like kind of a, I don't want to say a trendy thing because it wasn't good, but there maybe like six months ago, there was so much buzz because people were literally plagiarizing each other in the entrepreneurial space. Oh and- yeah. This is a constant. <laughs> I feel like anytime I always get people who come to me and they're like, I, my shit's being stolen. Can we talk? And I'm like, yes, we can yes. talk. What's going on? Yeah. Yeah. And like, thank goodness they knew to come to you and everything, but I run into so many people that don't realize they have protection, that they, you know, it's their intellectual property, that they have rights. And I'm like, these are the people that need it, right? Not just like you're saying, it's not, you know, the people that the system's already built to support, but so many people don't know that they have rights and they're building these businesses and people are taking advantage of them and it's awful. Um, and so I'm glad that you're someone people can turn to when this is happening to them. Yeah. Especially because like, I think, right. Like the witchy world is like aesthetically, it's like, I think it, it is so interesting and it is so trendy, right? Where like, I mean, like there's like, I I have not seen this, but people were like, oh yeah, like witch talk is like a thing on TikTok, right? And like, right. And I think like the aesthetics of being witchy, I mean, you can fucking get like altars at Hot Topic now or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like it is such like, it's not like a monetized thing. And there's so much energy and so much time put into people's creativity that like, yeah. Like you get like every single post you make on Instagram is protected legally. Like it is like, and you don't have to do anything. I think that's the other thing is like people are, there's like a lot of blocks in terms of like, Oh, well, you know, the reason why people from like, I don't know, like Silicon Valley get to have their shit protected is because they like put a lot of money into it. And like, yes, that is true. Like I'm sure they've hired like white shoe law firms and they've mm. done all that, but like, you don't have to buy anything to have a copyright. Like you can, you just have it by like doing the thing. And I think like there is like, it's so important to protect because people now, especially even scam accounts, right? Like people are just like taking your shit all of the time. Um, and how prevalent it is. I feel like it's so prevalent in like the witchy intuitive world because like the shit looks cool, right? Like people are so creative and they've done like such interesting things and they've taken things that are mundane and made them so cool. And like, yeah, like there are, there's so many tools available to you and you don't have to like buy them. Like you don't have, you just have to know how to use them. So yeah, I feel like it is such a space where I think I see more plagiarism happen in that like niche than I do even in like coaching spaces. Like, Mm. yeah. That's rough. And like, it was so funny because I also have a master's in library science. I was a librarian before. Um, And so I, like, I knew copyright. I knew some of these things. But then when my dissertation got published and all that, I got something from the, uh, 
copyright office, right? It's in my desk, Mm -hmm. this piece of paper being like, this dissertation is yours. I didn't do anything for that, you know, besides write the dissertation, right? But like that. Yeah, besides besides that, Shane, Shane, like all that work. (laughs) (laughs) Just casually, I just casually wrote a dissertation. (laughs) But beyond my blood, sweat, and tears, right? (laughs) Um. And that of my dissertation advisor, shout out Huntago Tong, like I appreciate you and (laughs) all your reading and late nights. But, um, you know, I didn't do anything for that piece of paper. You know, like it just came to me. I didn't register. I didn't pay. I didn't whatever. And I think that's that weird thing with copyright. People don't realize like it's yours. And it's yours. It's yours. I mean, I, I like to use this example of like, like if I wrote a screenplay if I wrote like the next like blockbuster movie and I didn't do anything with it I just like hit it in a drawer somewhere or I like put it on a laptop that I never use like it still belongs to me I don't have to do anything with it like it's still mine like it and nobody can use it without my permission um and so you know like you even do like any kind of creative anything like there's ownership over that and I feel like that's also a source of empowerment because I think when people get scammed or people get plagiarized they feel like they can't do anything now they're just like oh it's just out there and I'm like no like you can be like yo person (laughs) like I see this this is wrong I actually you are violating my intellectual property rights I can send you like a cease and desist like yes you know and like I think that is especially like I feel like I've seen it too where people who do courses or their coaches like their own students then go and like take their shit and I'm like yeah you know what like put it in your terms and conditions if anyone like if anyone buys from you and then you see duplicated things that are clearly yours that they're trying to sell like you can block them you can be like you will never buy from me ever again Mm -hmm. like and that's like I mean I mean you know, like it's, it's a way to protect yourself because like, then they have no access to your content ever again. Um, and make that a condition of like, when, if people want to work with you, it's conditional in that, like you can use this for personal use, but if you use this in your business, like you're never, you're never going to hold space with me ever again. Yes. I'm never gonna, like, yeah. Like, and I mean, I know it's activating to be like, especially if you come from a space where like you are wanting to make money and you're trying to get into like from surviving to like thriving, but like, I don't know, boundaries will make you money. They will, because it's going to happen time and time again. I've seen other entrepreneurs go through that where people are copying their courses. I've had clients where people tried to get out of payments after taking their course and implementing everything. And like, you know, like library backgrounds, like I will stalk your butt and find that you... You did all the things, um, but like it goes from everything from like, I had a girlfriend just telling me about some website copy that was taken. Like, it's just, it's not cool. Like it, it's it's just bottom line. It's not cool. Yeah. And I think like, as people, if you are like intuitive, if you are like, you have a practice, if you're spiritual, like I, I fully believe like, yes, like cast protection spells, but also like meet your spell halfway and do all the shit in the material world that like is there to be like, and I really mean it like, (laughs) like, like, yes, like petition spirit. And then also like slap a copyright on your website, like do both. Yeah. Like, cause it's, it's available to you. And it's something that I know can be really activating because I think when people think about the legal, like, I think whenever people think about the legal side of their business, they're like, oh my God, am I going to get sued? And I'm like, yes. okay, like first, no, <laughs> like, like it, it would have to be pretty extreme for someone to sue you and to succeed and take all, like all your money away. Like that's 
that's very rare <laughs> that that ever happens. But in the meantime, like we're doing all the things like beyond you get worrying about getting sued. There's other things that you should just be like thinking about. And like, this is one of them, right? Is mm-hmm. that if, are people in your community like taking your shit and are they doing yeah. it without consequence? Like, and there should be them. There should be, you should, yeah. Like, no, you, people don't get to take from you. Cause it like, it is such a, it is like such a, a recognition of your own power. Like your own power gets to be protected. Mm-hmm. Yes. I love that. I love that so much. When did you first start identifying as a witch? You know, probably like always. I mean, I remember being really little and like sneaking into the occult section of like Walden books. Like I'm 34. So very like millennial experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like sneaking into, or even like the, we, I lived near my, I grew up near like a, a public library and mm-hmm. I would like sneak into the occult section. I grew up really, really Catholic. And so I, um, it was not like available to me in terms right. of like, like, like paganism was not available to me. Um, but I even remember being like 11 and like reading, like finding out that I'm a Capricorn and like reading my horoscope. I was really obsessed with Hanson back in the day mm-hmm. and being like, Oh my God, am I going to meet Zach Hansen today is my horoscope going to say we're going to get married <laughs> like, like just like ridiculous things like that and I started reading tarot in high school I got my first yeah. deck in high school yeah and so it's always been there and then um I think when I I went to law school in New Orleans and I think that's where it just got really amplified because it's mm-hmm. so available and it's so and there's so many different traditions to learn from um and it has always felt really grounding to me even though I did grow up Catholic I mean I I say like I grew up Catholic and I feel like that's the first place I learned about like smoke cleansing because they like yeah like the the whole, like yeah. uh, very ritual it's a lot of ceremony involved I mean a lot of the shit's like also taken from like pagan traditions but yes. yeah I feel like it was really 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 early how about you yeah. have you like always known have you always been like intuitive well, so I'm 31, so we fall into a lot of that same millennial yeah. thing, like yeah. growing up watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And being oh like, my god, be a love! <laughs> I feel like Buffy is probably like I mean, I loved Willow. Right? Yeah, like did you love Willow? Yeah, yes. I feel like Willow. Even when she went into Dark Willow, I was like, ooh, like still like very into her. Yeah, I feel like and like Charmed oh. and like practical magic the craft like those are very our generation right Where yes like, I think that's oh. probably why <laughs> right <laughs> totally. and we would like play like I have vivid memories of like playing witch and like being mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. my friends and I was always drawn to you know the crystals and the, the- oh yeah I used to collect rocks <laughs> when I was younger <laughs> Like I was thinking about it the other day because my parents, you know, I grew up um, Methodist, but my parents are very like open-minded. Like we don't discount things. Like uh, I remember when my brother was two, he started sharing about his past life in the Civil War. When he was two? Yes. He's like wild. And it's like, oh yeah, I'm buried in there. I died in the Civil War. And mom and I are like. Does your brother have like strong Scorpio placements? or like <laughs> no he's a I think okay Gemini um, oh, okay okay because I always feel like Scorpios are always like they're just like there's no veil right the veil <laughs> is very thin the veil is very thin so they just know <laughs> I need to ask him if he remembers this I was thinking about that when he was yeah. uh but 
you know, like I remember we were here and at the Smithsonian and my mom let me get a book, let me get a book on crystals and Mm. things like that. So I was always drawn, but the term which my husband and I were talking about this, like I definitely identify with that, but it's been scary coming out of the spiritual like closet, so to speak, which I kind of hate that out of the broom closet. You're coming out of the broom closet. (laughs) Like I hate that term because I feel like it takes away from my like LGBTQIA, uh, you know, yeah. People, so I want to find a better term. Um, but I feel like I'm still in this process because, like, it, for some family, if they listen to this, like, it'll be, ooh. but you know, like, yeah. um, but I like, I don't discount things. Like, so mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm like still stepping into that identity of it. Okay. I've yeah. always been drawn to it and practicing I just didn't know yeah yeah I think it, yeah I feel like you always I think as especially if it's when you're younger I think you're always in a space where like the things that are quote-unquote like a cult for some reason like keep finding you like, yeah just keep fine like I remember like having experiences with ghosts when I was really young and like my parents are like very my mom is very superstitious um, yes. and is very into like all the ancestral because like ancestral veneration is like a really big part of my practice. It's probably the first thing that was like really part of my practice when I started like really deepening into it. Um, but I do find that it is something where like I I don't even really know where I would be without it. And like and I, I do I, I think like right like you're always on a journey like I never really have done deity work until recently. I've never felt called to do that, but it is like, I think there's something really freeing about like, you're always on like, kind of like a, and it's like a winding road, right? Mm -hmm. Like I meet people where I'm like, oh my God, you're like actually pure magic. Like, are you (laughs) actually a goddess? Like, (laughs) like just alchemy out here and like very inspired by them. But I think it's really cool. Cause it's like, I think the, the wonderful thing about like having a spiritual practice about like being really witchy is that there are no boundaries, like in terms of like what it can look like for you. Like it isn't a tradition in terms, or it can be, I guess, like if you identify as like pagan or if you like have, are part of different traditions, but like, if you are someone who's just like stepping into the space, like there aren't really any rules about like what your intuition feels like, what you do, like how you venerate different like ancestors or things like that. So I'm here to support you on this journey. Oh, thank you. Yeah. It's, it's so much fun. And it, it's, it's been fun because my husband's always, you know, very open to stuff too, but he'll like do a step, kind of take a step back. because it's very different for him, but it's so funny yeah. playing in the snow and he mm-hmm. went to the Citadel in uh, its military school. Okay. Yeah. yeah in South Carolina. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. yeah. They have like the big rings like VMI does here and it fell off and I was pretty sure it was in the backyard. He was like throwing a snowball at me, but he was so like, they're so attached to those rings. Yeah. Yeah, It means something. It's like a moment in time. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just like, look, I get it. It's a thing. We'll replace it if we need to, but I'm sure it's in the backyard and he's like freaking out. So I grabbed the pendulum and I'm like, pendulum, is it in the backyard? (laughs) Yes, bitch. It's in the backyard. And like, (laughs) And I'm like, let me just make sure. Are we going to find it in the backyard? And it's like, yes, bitch. Like, how <laughs> tell you? And so I told Chris that and to like breathe, like it's in the backyard. Yeah. I, like wouldn't believe it. But then he came in because the snow, I guess, kind of melted for us like yesterday. Yeah. Right? 
Yeah. And he was like, tell Pendulum thank you. I found it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I even used to do that when I was little. Like we would, I mean, this is like very Catholic, but we'd like petition St. Anthony whenever we would lose things. Yeah. And like we would like walk around the house and be like, St. Anthony, St. Anthony, something's lost. I can't be found. And like say the thing, like mom sewing scissors or whatever it was I was missing. And it would always turn up. It would like always turn up. And it's interesting, like, how I have like now seen I try not to get too in the weeds because sometimes like things don't mean anything they're just like the thing that happened to you but when some weird things happen it's like what is going on and so like when I I went to a retreat my first witch biz retreat um over new year's and on the last night we were there we had this um money drawing oil from revolutionary mystic who was dope they're like an amazing psychic and amazing witch um and we had the money oil like in the front foyer for the whole time and then as we were like packing up to leave the person who it was their retreat Capitolia, uh she broke it in the altar and it spilled everywhere like in the foyer it spilled yeah. everywhere on the last night it was like glass everywhere and we all looked at each other and we were like that's a good omen uh-huh. <laughs> and we were like it's actually a good thing that it broke um and we all just got like chills where we were like oh i guess we don't need the money drawing on anymore mm-hmm. like it doesn't serve a purpose and it's like weird synchronicities like that where it's like i find that a lot with if anyone's listening to this and they're like in the middle of up level is a weird word, but like in the middle of your evolution where you're stepping into a bigger space, I think of it as like the chariot card where you're like leaving that like behind and you're moving into a different space. Like, I feel like I always see opportunities for integrating the change. Like, Oh, okay. Are you actually going to step in and be this person? Like when my flight got canceled to come back to DC because of all the snow, I was like, am I going to be the version of myself where I like completely freak out and fry out my nervous system. And I just like have a panic attack in the middle of the airport. Or am I going to look at this as like another opportunity to spend like another night in Miami with what, like with the person that I like really connected with one of the people I really connected with on the flight, who was also the photographer where we got like an Airbnb with a bat, like a hot tub. I was like, am I just going to be grateful for this? (laughs) Or am I going to like completely just be the person I'm like trying to leave behind in 2021. So I do feel like there's those moments where you're like, they're witchy, like they're witchy in that, like their opportunities from spirit. And so, and if anyone's listening to this, you've broken something recently, maybe that means you're going to like up level. I don't know. Right. Uh, <laughs> or you lose something and you're like, this is just a moment of trying to figure out self-trust. This yeah. is a moment. <laughs> I feel like that's what it was. It was like, this is like an opportunity for you to be like, your husband's freaking out about this thing. That means a lot to him. And you're like, no, I'm just going to trust and deepen into the fact that we're going to find it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it totally was because like I stopped even going out to look for it because I was like it's pointless until the snow melts like it's out there. and you're like it's gonna be there like yeah. the snow is gonna melt and we're gonna see it and yeah. it's gonna be fine <laughs> he's like not having it keeps going out and I'm like all right I, like I cannot stress out about this so I'm not right but it's you're so- like surrendering into the trust yes but it's funny you brought up the like you have to make the choice. It's like with the laws of like manifestation, right? Like you have to, you can't just be like universe. Like I need 10 K in my bank account and just be like, right. you gotta do me. the thing. Yeah. You gotta have <laughs> faith in the aligned action and all these things. Yeah. And my mentor is sharing about this on a tarot reading this morning. You know, you can cut court, cut court, cut cords until the cows come home. Right. Mm-hmm. But if you aren't willing to actually integrate those cuts, integrate those changes, it doesn't matter. And I was like, Oh, oh, oh. 
Like, yeah, I think it's so, it's such a visceral thing where like, I even think about it where like in, like in doing like shadow work with people, I'm like, okay, like you want to like make more money. Mm-hmm. Well, what are you doing right now? That is the version of you that is making that money. Mm-hmm. Like, are you like, are you freaking out about things that don't matter? Are you micromanaging things that don't matter? Are you spending from a place of like lack because you feel like you need to have all of the things in order to prove that you're worthy? Like what habits are you doing now? Because like, if you want a quantum leap, you have to be that person. And like, it's hard, but it's not supposed to be easy. Like, like it's not, it's not easy to like deprogram yourself from things, especially when they're like in your nervous system and they're like, a repeat pattern that has served you, but like, yeah, you can't collapse timelines. You can't jump timelines if you're living in your current version. And like, I think that's true. Like when you were saying that I was thinking about like, well, you can't manifest the relationship, like the truest love of your life. if like your ex is still in your DMS. Like you like can't like, like you're not showing up as the person who's like, like the showing up is the person who like wants that like true deep, like, fulfilling relationship they've already blocked their ex yes <laughs> yes like like maybe they brought their ex or just they're just like are like completely unbothered like they're just yes. not paying attention you're not pouring in energy but yeah I think I don't know that's very <laughs> no, no. it's such a perfect example I heard someone else like talking about a similar situation like if you're wanting to like settle down meet that love of your life and like you know do these things but you're still you know bringing somebody different somebody different somebody home every night, a different person home every night. There we go. Which like no judgment you do you, but like, you're not aligning with, (laughs) with the same thing, you know? Yeah. I think about it a lot with like money. Cause like, I mean, yeah, we do live in capitalism, but also like you do deserve to be supported and you deserve like the money where I'm like, one thing I always think about is like, okay, am I, making financial decisions from a space of like complete nervous system activation or am I like I thought about this like last year where I this is a small example but I was using like the free subscription for convert kit which is like yeah, my, yeah, the, yeah. the email hosting right and it was like great and like there were a lot of things in there that were really helpful and like as I was like building my list and then I was like looking at it and I was like oh okay so if I just invested I don't even know what it was maybe like Uh, like $200 per per year, I could get like all of the things like the metrics and the things and like the funnels that would actually automate things and take away my time and energy into doing this. Like if I could just like have it done for me and like make it a lot easier, essentially creating more space for myself as like in my business, especially like as a solo entrepreneur right now. And I'm like, Oh, am I gonna like, I'm investing in more space is so is $200 or $250. Like, is that really the thing that I'm going to be sticking in? If I know I have the money, right? Like I have the money here. Like I could do it. Even if I didn't, like I could do like the monthly subscription, but it's like, no, like the Melinda that's like actually out here trying to like make like hundred K launches. Like she would have an automated system for her email. She wouldn't be bothered by this shit. Right. She wouldn't be like, like, in the weeds in her mind being like, Oh my God, like, is this such a big investment? And like, obviously that's relative like to where you are, but like, what are you doing that you can do? It doesn't have to be like money related, right? Like a money, uh, like, I guess it's kind of related to money. A thing that I do where if I get too activated during the day and I'm like trying to micromanage things and trying to like control outcomes, which Mm -hmm. like, I'm like a recovering control break. (laughs) I also, my mom is like, very controlling. So it's like two things, mother wound and internal stuff where I'm like, 
okay, if I showed up as the person who was like out here making a lot of money, had a team I could care for, like, what would she do? And I would be like, she would take a bath in the middle of the day. Cause she's not fucking bothered by any of this shit. Yeah. Like, she would just do it. So like, yeah, like do the thing that feels weird and uncomfortable, but you know that like the most, like the highest expression of you would do. Like maybe the highest expression of you is like, I'm not going to book a meeting before 1 PM. Like I'm just gonna have the morning to myself. Like that doesn't cost money. Right. But it like can like integrate you into being that version. And that's how you collapse time. That's how witches collapse time. (laughs) Because I like, I just love that example so much because I feel like there's a lot of um, privilege in some of these conversations. Like, just spend the money like you have it. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. In the no. Blah, blah, blah. And that's, that's how people go into debt. Yes. Like, don't do that. <laughs> and so I have s- such a problem with that um, because uh, for so many reasons, I don't even need to explain to you. But um, like if you're listening and you've been given that advice before and you're just like, I can't, like I cannot, right. that is right. how you're going to collapse your timeline. Take that bath in the middle of the day. Do that. Take that bath. Don't answer emails after 4 p.m. Like do something that like, turn your phone off like at night or like, yeah. like whatever is like, for me, like technology can really like activate my system. Cause then I, I feel like I have to respond when I like mm-hmm. get notifications. And so my highest expression of me that I like, I'm trying to like collapse time to be her. Mm-hmm. Like, no, she's not, she's not on Instagram at like midnight. Like she's sleeping, <laughs> she's yeah. like, like doing the thing. And a lot of times that is like setting boundaries that like, can be uncomfortable because like, I think especially like if you are a woman or you're femme bodied, like boundaries or things or people are, like we were talking about this earlier, like boundaries are the things where people are like, oh, you're just a fucking bitch. Like, why yeah. can't you accommodate? And I'm like, no, no, no. Like I get to be a priority. Um, so it doesn't have to be. Yeah. I think the advice out there is always like, yeah, like spend the money and then I'll come back to you tenfold. Like, and sure. Like if you are in a space where you can do that securely and safely and like, if it can feel a, like a stretch for you, then like, that's obviously a good space to be, but it doesn't have to be, I think it's really capitalistic to be like, oh, well just keep spending the money when actually like the habits you form that have nothing to do with money are actually the foundation of how you want to collapse time. So yeah, take the bath in the middle of the day. Or like, for me, I've set like a money threshold where I'm like, and this is obviously relative to me. I'm like anything below $10 that I'm spending, I'm not going to worry about it. Like, I'm just not going to like, it just, that's just my threat. I'm like, I want to buy a latte. That's like $7. Okay. Like, we're not going to get into our, my head about like, is this something like, no, it's budgeted for, I can do that. Like, what's your limit or like, yeah, like, what are your, what are the things that you don't want to have to like be activated about that you can change right now? And maybe that is like, you don't answer emails on the weekend. Yeah. Your, your highest self is like, I don't do that. Like mm-hmm. after 4 p.m. on a Friday, miss me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And do the thing. Or like maybe you've always really wanted like time for yourself in the morning and you're like, okay, like partner, children, or whatever your situation is for the first hour that I'm awake, do not bother me. Like, mm-hmm. like that could be the thing too. I think finding things that there's no cost in terms of like money can be really liberating because I feel like, like you were saying, right? Like, people who don't have that kind of access or those kinds of resources feel like they can't collapse time. They can't be that yeah. version because they don't have the money. And I'm like, no, everyone can collapse time. Like, yes. everyone can do that. yeah, yes. I love that. I love that so much. I could just talk to you forever, but I can't take all your 
time. I know. Well, we live near each other. So I know. there'll be one day, listeners, there will be one day where Jade and I will be in space together. I know. It's going to be <laughs> wild. I'm excited. <laughs> Me too. So I want to give you a, some time now to show yeah. anything exciting that you're working on, anything you want to promote. I want to hear about it. Yeah. So I'm in, um, like the middle of crafting a course that will be out in February. That is for, if you are an astrologer or a tarot reader or you're both, you do both of those things. I'm going to be doing like a mini course for you to understand like the foundations of your business, like in terms of all the legal things. So like warranties, cancellation policies, refund policies, disclaimers, like like non-disparaging clauses, like all the things I know that maybe it's very activating to hear all those things. And you're like, Oh my God, I don't have any of those things. That's okay. That's okay. If you don't have them right now, <laughs> like, don't worry. Um, but I will be doing that like specifically for astrologers and tarot readers. And as the year goes on, like I definitely, I plan on doing like very niche, um, courses that are like that. So like, if you are a course creator, if you are a coach, like if you do like, if you're a photographer, like all those things that are specifically for you so that you can have as an online business, you can have all of the, your ducks in a row and it can finally feel like an area where you've turned chaos into control. Cause I'm, I'm a big believer in that, like, you know, like control can serve your creativity. It can serve you to feel free in doing the things that you want to do. And you should feel really empowered in that space. Like if it's a space that's really activating to you, we can alchemize like your activation, your like nervous system activation into a space where you feel empowered. So you can go and secure that bag. Cause I want that for you. <laughs> secure that bag. That's where secure that bag. <laughs> 2022 is the year of securing the bag. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I can't wait to see all that you're coming out with. And I'm going to link, um, in the show notes, how you can connect yeah. with Melinda. So you can see all of the amazing things she has coming out and mm-hmm. I'm going to want Melinda go and sign off here, but I'm going to ask to see her. Welcome after the <laughs> a place where we discuss beautiful ups and downs oh my gosh. of entrepreneurship. Um, so let's say bye to I'm your host, bye. Dr. Jade bye, oh my bye, gosh, Just call me Jade. I'm a course creation expert and an intuitive business mentor. I help women package up their brilliance into impactful courses, programs, webinars, videos, and more. But we dive so much deeper by tapping into my intuitive and spiritual gifts. I love helping women harness their power and potential by connecting more deeply with themselves via tarot, crystals, pendulums, and other powerful tools. I'm so excited that you are tuning in to this episode, starting 